Good afternoon. You're listening to Outspin Nation with myself, Christian, and I'm very happy to be joined in the studio by two wonderful people from the Victorian premiere production of Spring Awakening, the musical. We have our Robbie Carmelotti, the director. Hello, Welcome. Christian. How's it going? <laughs> good, That's good. good. Um, and of course, Jordan Ma, um, one of the cast members. G'day. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> no, pleasure. Thanks for having us. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, yeah, so I, I, I guess we just to start off with, could you just tell us a little about um, the story of uh, Spring Awakening and um, a tiny bit of, to start off with about what it's been like to direct the show? There's probably a lot to say about that. And, um, and Jordan, about uh, your character, Georg? Georg, yeah. Georg, sorry. No, you're right. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> um, Germany, 1891, right? Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Germany, 1891. That's a good place to start. So, mm-hmm. so we're doing the musical adaptation of Spring Awakening. So it's based on uh, original play by Frank Wedekind. And uh, obviously a musical adaptation is going to change somewhat from some original text. So the original play itself was extremely controversial, so much so that it was banned in its times, just because of the topics that it deals with. It deals with teen suicide, teen pregnancy, abortion, death from abortion. Mm. So all the fun topics that, you know, that we all love to sit and sing along to. <laughs> so our, um, our musical version, which was uh, a 2007 Tony Award winner, deals with all of those topics, but in a slightly more musical way, I guess, mm. doesn't mm. it, Jordan? Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got all of the same depth as the original play, um, but it's got this great edge to it where, uh, where all of these kids that are suffering from repression um, can actually step forward and become rock stars and, and sing their heart's content and mm. get all of their inner angst out to the world. Everything they can't say to the adults, they can say to our audience. Yeah. And mm. the, the way that uh, the musical tends to sort of split the two is uh, the antithesis between having the 1890s world during the dialogue and the scenes, but as soon as we break into song, it becomes a far more modern sort of environment. And like Robbie was saying, it's, uh, yeah, it's the antithesis between the two that sort of makes Spring Awakening what it is. It's great. It's mm. a lot of fun to play with. <laughs> yeah, I th- think the cast are having too much fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I went and saw them out after the show last night, and I can assure you they were having too much fun. Mm. So. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just before we go on with that, I'm, I'm just going to mention quickly, um, because as, as you said, the play has some very confronting themes, so um, just a few helplines for people to refer to if, uh, if you are triggered by anything that um, we mentioned in this interview. So Beyond Blue is 1300-224636, uh, Kids Helpline, yeah, very relevant to sin, uh, 1-800-551-800, and Lifeline is 13-11-14. But... Uh, anyway, back to back to the back to the fun stuff. I guess just like was quickly asking, um, like as a I guess as a director in general, but like with Spring Awakening the musical and with this cast, do you, is it ever like a fine line um, you have to walk as a director between I, I guess like uh, for one lack of a weather word like having to be the fun police sometimes, but also you know like giving the cast freedom to sort of yeah work with and um, be creative and all of that. I think yes. Under normal conditions, um, I find myself having to be the fun police quite a lot. But I've had quite a surreal experience with this cast where everyone has just come and and they're here to work. They're here to do their job. I haven't actually even told the cast to be quiet once. So every single cast member has come along and taken on board my concepts, worked with me creatively, collaborated with me very, very closely. And I felt really, really connected with everyone 
And, you know, I, I realise, you know, a lot of directors come on and say that about their cast and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, it's actually true in this case. I've had quite a surreal experience with this cast. So, no, I haven't had to be the fun police. In fact, many times I thought maybe these guys need to have a bit more fun. Really? <laughs> maybe they need to be a bit naughtier. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, uh, yeah, from, from being in the cast perspective, we, mm. uh, we try not to, or at least I don't anyway, take this opportunity for granted being in a show like Spring Awakening. It's a show that should be done a lot more than what it is on the level of that we're doing it, uh, being the Victorian professional premiere of the show. But it's, it's the kind of show that, like I was saying, should be done more than what it is. But um, we all, as individuals, have such strong connections with this show that it's not like waking up in the morning and going to your job. It's more like going to something that you're really quite invested in. Uh, so it's, yeah, anyone who does come to see the show will definitely see a little bit of each and every person on that stage playing their character. So, yeah, it's um, a very personal thing as an actor as well. Definitely, and I think we've approached the show in uh, maybe somewhat of a darker approach, I think. We've sort of wanted to explore the deeper issues that are in the show and not wash over them quite so much as potentially what's been done in the past with this show. Mm. So I think when you are really exploring the issues like um, mental illness amongst teenagers, children that aren't educated with sex education and the results of that, youth suicide, these are not topics that you can just come along and not get really stuck into Mm. and delve Mm. into Mm. deeply. So every rehearsal has been quite an experience for the cast, and I think that that's partly why it's been such a different experience. Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, going on from what you were saying with all those topics, there's, um, you know, uh, <laughs> other things in there that um, w- we all, to some degree, have experiences with all of those, whether it's personal or we know someone who has, you know. We all know someone who has either or has been affected by something like teen suicide or something like that and it's it's um or suicide in general yeah yeah well yeah in general for that matter yeah and uh yeah it's uh definitely something that uh from an audience perspective i think gets the gets the old brain ticking (laughs) gets you thinking about a lot of things that probably we don't talk about as much as we should and um yeah it's really quite fascinating i think Mm. Well, yeah, I was I was wondering about that actually. Like, uh, I, I was hoping you could compare, um, say, like your childhoods with the childhoods of um, well, the adolescences of the characters in the in the show. Um, mm. And yeah, whether you know there's like any similarities. I mean, mm. you know, obviously there's going to be differences given it's a hundred year plus time difference. Mm. But mm. Also, yeah, yeah. I, I I think the um, the relevancy of the topics are all still so so relevant. Like, despite the plus hundred year time difference, the 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 issues that the children face in the show are still things that we we face every day. There's nothing in there that's kind of glazed over as well, which I think is a trap sometimes with Spring Awakening where you can... Well, I, I don't know about you, Robbie, but as a director, you can kind of... I, I feel like if I was directing it, you could fall into the trap of sort of glazing over the the details of how dark the story actually really yeah, is. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I but think I, you can easily get caught up in the music yeah, and make yeah. the modern element the key focus, mm, mm. whereas we've definitely made the 1890s yeah. element the key focus. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I, as the comparison, I feel like there's definitely more similarities than there are differences, though we are 
still definitely more educated in terms of, you know, the openness of being able to talk about these things, it's definitely still something that I don't think is talked about as much as it should be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one thing that we worked on a lot is, you know, these kids couldn't talk, you know, it wasn't an option for them to talk. And these days, you know, I I believe kids maybe do have a bit more freedom to Mm. speak about their feelings, but it's still just so damn hard Mm. for kids to actually be comfortable to talk about things. And if they've been raised in an environment where they they don't feel comfortable to or they don't feel safe to i mean what an awful awful way to grow up not being able to talk to your parents Mm, or mm. not being able to be heard or understood so i think it's as relevant today as ever Mm. as it was in 1891 in 1791 and it'll be as relevant in another hundred years absolutely couldn't agree more and it's funny actually i was talking to my um my grandparents about the uh the show because they came and saw the uh show last night and they were saying that they could even link, well, essentially being the halfway point between when the show was based and now, throughout their childhood, they could link so many things back to their childhood, whether it was them going through school and having similar experiences to all the boys in the show. And, yeah, it was just fascinating to sort of see that um, a show as niche, if you will, as Spring Awakening can affect so many people in such a massive way. Mm. Mm. I, to be honest, well, this is the the first production of the show that I'd seen. So, like, the, just hearing you mentioning that some productions like glaze over the like darker or like more intense elements, like, is something I can't. It's yeah, I, I can't really. It's very difficult for me to imagine, I suppose, um, just because there is like so much in there. Like, well, I suppose why any production would you know, let that go to waste first of all, but also like yeah, just like I guess how yeah. <laughs> it, it surprises me, I suppose. It's it, yeah, it's difficult to imagine why you would want to, mm. um, and and also interesting that uh, yeah, Jordan, you were saying that um, it's you think it should be put on more often. As I guess, like I'm wondering why you think um, maybe it's not sort of performed as often as as it could be or should be. Oh, it's just it's just one of those shows that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a difficult question. It's. Um, I think first of all, I mean, from a, pro- I'm also a producer, so mm. it's a very mm. hard sell to put on this show. And as mm. you, as you know, mm. like uh, putting on any piece of theatre is very hard work and stressful. Mm. That people will or won't come. So um, <laughs> I think it's 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 a lot easier to put on Oklahoma or put on Sound of Music and know yep. that people are coming along. But something that um, is a bit of a cult hit and mm, aimed, absolutely. I guess, more at your teen, early 20s is a bit of a risk to stage. So I think mm. that's probably why it's not put on as much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's... um, Yeah, and uh, like I was saying before, the reason why I think it should be put on more is just because there are no other musicals that... And it's the reason why the play was banned for the time it was put on. Like, the play was written in uh, 1891? Uh, 1900, yeah. Oh, well, well, the yeah. first time it was put on... Oh, was, the first time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was 16 years after it was written. It was yeah. first time on Broadway. But, yeah, it was um, banned for the reason that <laughs> all of the topics were so relevant at the time and, obviously, like we just said, still are. They, yeah, <laughs> getting sidetracked. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. The, yeah, it's... um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you agree? Yes. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Um, oh, and Robbie, also, I noticed, like, in, in the program for the show, you um, described it as being sort of, like, more of a, a play with songs rather than um, being, like, musical theatre, which I guess when you first hear something like that, that kind of seems, you know, like, Captain Obvious. But, yeah, like, I guess, sort of digging well, deeper into the I think, that, um, yeah. I mean, I've directed a mm. lot of musical theatre, and I think mm. the key element of musical theatre is telling story through song or connecting, mm. telling dialogue through song, developing stories through song. And by all means, the songs in this show, they do contribute to the story developing, but the story develops through the dialogue. 
and the songs are what's happening to those kids in that moment. So uh, that's why I see it more as a play with songs, um, and that's certainly how I've approached it. I mean, in in every sense, it's a musical. There's no doubt about that. But that was just my, you know, the way that I approached creating the piece. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I guess that sort of. I feel like that's what good musicals do. Like they do tell, yeah, like a story through through song and through dance. But you know, I, I suppose like it's a kind of an easy trap to fall into is just kind of to have like catchy songs and like cool dance moves that don't necessarily have anything to do with the scene that just happened or the scene that's like coming after or like the rest of the show. I guess it depends on like whether the songs have been written before um, like the book or the like the other way around, like whether they've been written sort of together at the same time sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not sure what was written first, but I mm. mean, the the style of the show is that we see a scene done in 1890s Germany mm. And then we get to hear the inner expression of the kids immediately after that scene. Mm. So um, we get to see the reality of it and then we get to see the effect of it. Mm. Yeah, it's very mm. much just hearing the, uh, the inner monologue of each character immediately after something's happened to them or a, a bombshell's dropped and they yeah, have something to say about it, which is where the songs come in. Yeah. And as a I mean, surprise, surprise, we're sort of like running out of time. But um, as a last question, uh, might seem like a technical one, but I think it sort of is to do with more broadly with um, well, yeah, the, these songs are in the monologues, the use of microphones um, yep. in the show, yep. and oh, first of all, I was talking about this on the review yesterday, and we were talking about how like pretty sure all the cast was like wearing microphones, and I was trying to think of what those worn microphones were called. My co-host just went, oh, the Britney Spears mic. Like, okay, that'll do for now. <laughs> I don't think they're quite that big. <laughs> <laughs> um, a subtle head mic. Subtle, subtle head mic, yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> so you use those, but you also use like the handheld ones. And um and there seem to be yeah, like quite a bit of choreography with like the handheld ones during the show. So yeah, could you talk a bit about like the staging of that? Well yeah. the, the handheld mic mm. element, I mean that's not my creative genius, that's mm. the way the show was written to be done. Oh, yeah. So that was the in, mm. initial concept of the original production was that these kids would be doing their living their life in 1890 and not being able to speak freely or express themselves. And so when it came that they could, they would pull out a microphone and sing to the world just like they were on a stage in, you know, Rod Laver Arena screaming out to everyone. Mm. Um, mm. So it's, it's a pretty cool concept because you're basically looking at a kid that can't deal with life in 1890 versus a kid right now that's able to stand in front of everyone and scream out all of their feelings. Mm. Um, so I, I think the microphone element is is what makes the show. And I know some people disagree with me and I know many people have staged the production without microphones. Mm. To me, it doesn't quite make sense because there again, you, you, you're turning the show into a story that requires the songs to connect the story and the songs in this justify what you've just seen they don't actually connect it to mm. the next scene mm. yeah it's definitely a breakout from the scene as a, a breakout yeah, yeah as opposed to a continuation yeah uh, i mean we added instruments for the cast as well so that if there it wasn't just grabbing a microphone and singing to express they could pick up a bass guitar they could pick up a banjo like young jordan here picks up a banjo and <laughs> smashes out a whole or half a song oh, yeah, of it anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah um mm. and also choreography i mean our choreographer mm. zoe marsh has just done a superb job um, with the choreography. And, mm. and so not only can these kids then express themselves through voice and instrument, but they can really connect with their bodies and, and let their emotions come out through dance as well. Mm. Mm. Or during the musical numbers, at least. Like of during course, the, yeah. yeah. Not during, <laughs> during the, the <laughs> scenes when they're getting whipped and whatnot. No, well. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, not in, yeah, sadly not in like the real world of their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, f- joining me and Art Spinners a show and <laughs> listeners today. <laughs> Don't know why I keep saying else. Uh, but yeah, were, were there any last things you wanted to say about uh, Spring Awakening, the musical, or just sort of other things you've been doing in the theatre world or creative world? I think I think if you if you don't know anything about Spring Awakening, mm. um, definitely come and see it because it's something that uh, you walk away from and you can't stop thinking about for days because mm. of the the topics that are in it. And that's the general feedback I've got is that I can't stop thinking about this moment or I can't stop thinking about how I felt this and whatnot. It really makes you think, and I think that's what theatre is all about: is going and allowing yourself to delve into a story and feel something. Mm. So. Come along and see us. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so it's uh, on at Chapel of Chapel. Chapel um, of Chapel, yes, yes, till June 10. Yes. And uh, if you want more information, you can just head to chapelofchapel.com.au, straight to their website. It's the best place. Great. Thanks again, and um, best of luck with the rest of the run. As Thanks well. so Cheers. much. Thank you.